Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I remember that that morning that I woke up, I was getting ready for a job interview. And then I just, something didn't feel right. I just felt like my bones were hurting. Like I, for some reason, I started getting this back pain. And I just sat there in my bed and I just kept thinking like something doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right. And before I knew it, I just went back to sleep. And a few hours later, I just woke up and I was just, I started crying because I was in so much pain. I like, I could just feel like all my bones were hurting. That's Leticia Vasquez, Letty. She's 29 years old, and around this time last year, she was one final away from graduating from San Francisco State University. She was so close, actually, that the school had already allowed her to walk in the graduation ceremony earlier that month. But in June 2017, she went to the hospital in terrible pain, and a nurse gave her news that meant she wasn't going to be finishing that final. She had, like, tears in her eyes, and she just looked at me, and she's like... We found traces of leukemia in your blood, and you're gonna have to stay. Letty was diagnosed with acute myeloid leukemia. It's a serious disease with an overall five-year survival rate of just 24%. But for people under 60 who are diagnosed, like Letty, 65% can expect to be in remission after treatment. And the reason we're telling you Letty's story this week on IVFML is because of what happened next. One of the many doctors who was taking on her case was explaining the side effects of chemotherapy, and Letty was stunned by what he told her. Another doctor walked in, and then he tells me, I know this is a really hard time for you, and I really don't know how to say this, but when you get your chemotherapy, there's a chance that you might become infertile. You know, my friends were, were there too. They were just sitting around me. And I didn't know how to react because, you know, I I wanted to cry right away. But, you know, I wanted to, I didn't want to like be a total mess because everybody was there. And I tried not to think about it. And I, I tried to think, well, you know, what else can I do? You know, I there's nothing I can do. Um, I guess this is what it's supposed to be. And I'm like, maybe I'm not meant to be a mom. Okay, so we're going to continue with Letty's story in a moment. But I just want to say that what grabs me most about her situation is how totally different it is from what we usually picture when we think about infertility. Right. So you and I are a little closer to the stereotype of infertility. So we're married. We're in our 30s. We're reasonably happy. Within expected variances. We couldn't get pregnant after four years. So we spent a bunch of cash over the course of about six months to do IVF cycles and embryo transfers. Of course, nobody plans to be infertile. And at times we were under so much stress because we thought that we were on Mm -hmm. a really tight deadline. Like we were thinking, oh my God, we're getting older. 
our eggs are getting shittier, our sperm are getting shittier. But the truth of it is that we had months and even years to figure stuff out. Yeah, it didn't seem like that at the time, but when you look at someone like Letty, she doesn't have months, she's got days. And if she puts off her cancer treatment too long, she could die. Well, for people with cancer, there is a process called fertility preservation. Fertility preservation is saving of biological material like eggs or sperm in order to have a biological child in the future. That's Joyce Renicki, executive director of the Alliance for Fertility Preservation. We're dedicated specifically to helping patients preserve fertility before they undergo other medical treatments that they need, such as cancer treatment, that might leave them unable to have children in the future. In other words, it's the same kind of egg freezing that we did for IVF, and the cost is just as high. Here's Joyce again. Well, sperm banking, if you bank a few samples, you know, can run anywhere from a few hundred dollars to maybe a thousand dollars. For women, it's much more significant. So, you know, to do egg freezing, on average, I think uh, the American Society of Reproductive Medicine quotes a price of about $12,000. But it really, depending on where you are geographically, I mean, it can range anywhere, I would say, from probably $10,000 to $20,000. That is a lot of money and it is not covered by insurance. Typically, it is not covered by insurance. So there are some private um, self-insured plans that have enacted this coverage, but there are very few and far between. And often patients who have actually IVF coverage in place and have good infertility coverage through their employer, let's say, they they will often be turned away because they don't meet the prerequisites to access those benefits, meaning that they're not infertile and they haven't been trying and they can't demonstrate everything that they need to demonstrate because, of, the, of course, they're not infertile at that point. They are prospectively infertile and they need to access those benefits. So that's also something that we've been trying to work through and fix. Back to Letty's story. Letty was on Medi-Cal, which is California's version of Medicaid, a safety net healthcare plan for low-income people like students. They don't offer coverage for egg freezing. There is, however, an appeals process. So Letty can say, hey, these are special circumstances. I got cancer. Cover my fertility treatment. But it's really slow. Basically, if she delayed her cancer treatment to wait for Medi-Cal to approve fertility preservation, she'd be dead before they made a decision. To freeze your eggs was a very expensive uh, procedure, and just to get everything in line, it wasn't a really uh, sure thing. And so that's why I kept thinking, well, maybe it's because I don't have enough money, you know, that I'm not, you know, being offered this quick, you know, faster. Do you think that in regards to freezing your eggs, you would have been treated differently or that this option would have been presented in a different way had you had private insurance versus public insurance? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just felt like my world was just crashing down and everything I had dreamed up, you know, it was I was just losing everything. And I felt like it was really unfair. I think that's, that's the main feeling that I had is how unfair I felt that everything was. I told my sister, you know, like, how fast can you get here? You know, I just, I'm having a really hard time with this. With with the diagnosis of leukemia or of the infertility possibility or both? I think I was more upset about the infertility because 
I don't know. I, I had hope that, you know, like with the cancer treatment, you know, I could fight it. You know, there's still like hope, you know, you can make it to the other side. But with the fertility, it's kind of like different because, you know, once you become infertile, like what what's left really? Here's something you should know about Letty. She's one of five kids and the first out of everyone in her family to go to university. And the reason she went to college so late, remember, she was 28 when this happened, is that right after high school, she went straight to work to support herself and her parents and save up for college. So what did she do when she found out Medi-Cal wouldn't cover the fertility treatment? Letty told me that she's talked through all of her options with a social worker at the hospital. Now, her doctor has wanted her to begin chemotherapy as soon as possible. But Letty made it clear to everyone that her number one priority was preserving her fertility by freezing her eggs. So what did she do? She took a gamble. She decided to go into debt and do a quick egg retrieval procedure before starting her chemo. There were at least two big risks with that gamble. The first one was that if she delayed chemo for too long, she could die. The second is that she could lose her appeal for fertility coverage, which meant that she was on the hook for thousands of dollars. And I was just just envisioning uh, my credit cards the whole time. I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to have to max out all my credit cards just to get all these shots, but I guess we'll figure it out later. Again, I kept just thinking, I just need to get this done. They just asked me, do you want to go ahead and get started with this? The only requirement is that you're going to have to put some money down, regardless of whether your insurance covers it or not. And How much money was that? Um, that was like... Close to, yeah, close to $3,000. Letty got a second credit card and immediately maxed it out. She went home with a bag full of medicine and syringes to give herself the shots over the next two weeks. In between hormone injections and ultrasounds to see how her eggs were growing, Letty was also juggling visits to her oncologist so that they could check on her white blood cell count. Letty's fertility doctor, Joseph Letourneau, knew right away that he was taking her on with no promise that they would be able to get reimbursed for her care. Uh, Letizia was referred to us after her cancer diagnosis and before um, she received chemotherapy. And this is kind of a tight time window to do our consultation. Uh, and if we're going to freeze eggs or embryos, which takes about 10 to 12 days, um, it, it's a tight time window to get all of those things accomplished. Did, did your clinic have a policy about patients like Letty who needed and wanted to freeze their eggs but didn't have health insurance to cover the treatment? Sure. We have a, a program that discounts the cost of care. Um, however, this discount might take it from you know many thousands of dollars to just a few thousand dollars less than that. And for really most people, that's too large a financial hurdle to overcome, uh, especially in the setting of having been diagnosed where there are a lot of other pending medical bills that might come up. Um, and there's recent literature that suggests that uh, many patients, especially young patients who have other uh, financial obligations, like maybe raising kids that they already have or paying off student debt, many, many young cancer patients file for bankruptcy as a result of their medical treatment. And patients who have financial trouble, particularly those who become bankrupt, actually have worse outcomes from their cancer. So there's a sort of... Um, uh, toxicity from the financial problems that can arise. I thought that was a really interesting, kind of scary point from Dr. Letourneau. So you and I went through a lot of stress doing our IVF, and the money was definitely a big part of that, at least for me. But for someone like Letty, whose body is trying to fight off a deadly disease, that kind of stress isn't just annoying. 
it's literally lowering her odds of survival. Yeah, Dr. Letourneau also talked about the larger consequences of insurance companies not covering infertility procedures. It means that, in practice, even when clinics try to help low-income patients, infertility treatments are only available to people who can pay with cash or credit up front. What you find is that patients who are already financially secure are going to be much more able to tolerate the appeal and waiting, and then patients who are financially insecure are going to be much less likely to uh, tolerate waiting for the appeal. So, you know, we tried to um, do our best to modulate the timing of the payment and some of the logistics so that we could work, um, you know, within people's personal financial constraints to help give them the opportunity. Um, because otherwise, the appeal is just kind of, you know, it could become one more uh, aspect of, of healthcare care where you create an underserved population. You know, we already, we already can see that that fertility preservation in general, though we see it as a fundamental right, is accessed by people with higher incomes and higher levels of education. And we really want to expand that to, you know, men and women all around California and, and across the United States eventually. We'll be back in a minute to hear the rest of Letty's story. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. We were so happy that IVF Amount got some attention. One of the most exciting things that happened was that it landed on Atlantic's top 50 podcasts of 2017. They called our marriage, quote, passive aggressive. Very good, accurate review. (laughs) (laughs) Ringing endorsement. And after all those reviews and messages, we realized that there was one thing we forgot to ask of you guys, which is to review us, to rate us. Yeah, we forgot to do the most basic thing, which is ask you to go to the iTunes store and give us five stars and a nice little recommendation. If IVFML helped you feel heard, it helped you find your community, or if it helped you come up with a way to explain your situation to family and friends, please let us know. You can reach us at IVFML at HuffPost.com. A lot of you guys have already reached out. Again, that's IVFML at HuffPost.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Kate Aletta, senior editor with the newly redesigned HuffPost Life section. Before we get back to IVFML, I want to tell you about the new kind of conference from HuffPost. 
Maybe your parents now, after infertility treatments, adoption, or some other means, and would appreciate meeting more like-minded parents nearby. If so, join us on Friday, November 2nd for a one-day event called How to Raise a Kid at the William Vale Hotel in Brooklyn, New York. We're bringing together a group of like-minded parents to discuss the trickiest issues we face as we raise the next generation of leaders. You'll connect with experts, whether they're psychologists, educators, social media pros, children's authors, and even some famous faces who have a lot of answers. We'll also have freebies, pop-up shops, great food, and most importantly, you'll be introduced to the kind of parents you've been looking to meet. Plus, one of our six breakout sessions will be on modern families, the ways they form, and how we talk about it. To buy tickets or to learn more, visit howtoraiseakid.splashthat.com. If you can't go but still want the goods, the speeches and panels will be live-streamed on the HuffPost Parents Facebook page. Thanks. Now, back to the show. Okay, back to Letty. Finally, the big day arrived. Letty's egg retrieval. In addition to the usual hormones and tension of the procedure, Letty was also dealing with the pressure of starting her cancer treatment before it was too late. A day before my egg retrieval, my doctor calls me. And she tells me, you know what, um, when are you going to do your egg retrieval? I am really concerned at this point. I just want to make sure that your levels don't drop too much. And then I told her, you know what, I, the doctor said that I'm actually probably going to do the retrieval tomorrow mm-hmm. because all my levels are doing really well and everything looks good. And then she tells me, okay, well, as soon as you do your retrieval, you, can you just head to the hospital and we'll admit you? That's how serious it was. Yes. So it was no time to waste. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I got the egg retrieval... We drove straight to the hospital and I started getting ready for the chemotherapy. Letty hit the jackpot when it came to her egg retrieval. 27 mature eggs. She went on to do three rounds of chemotherapy, radiation treatment, and eventually a bone marrow transplant given to her by her older sister, Araceli. She called me herself to tell me that I was a full match. Uh, She was very emotional, I remember. She was more emotional than I was because she was so happy to to be able to help me and, you know, to be there for me. And she just called me and she was just like, guess what? I have great news. I'm a full match and I'm going to be your donor. I, she called me when, my, when me and my dad were having breakfast <laughs> and my dad just starts bawling and <laughs> <laughs> I just, I couldn't eat anymore. I mean, I was happy, but my dad was just like relieved and just emotional. And then he just kept telling me, you see, it's just, it's not your time yet. You know, you, you're, you're going to get through this. You're going to get through this. And, and you're going to also be able to have a family. You'll see, you'll see, I just know it. And we'll look back at this and just think, wow, we got so far. Throughout the year of cancer treatments and recovery, Letty told me that there was one thing that gave her hope. Okay, you know what? I could probably still have a family, you know, to have a child, to carry a child. Maybe there's, there'll be a day where I'll be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So that kept me going. And, and I remember I told my sister, I don't know, I don't know how I would feel if I didn't get those eggs frozen. Like, I think it would be so much harder to go through this treatment Like I said, I kept visualizing this, like, shriveled up ovaries just over and over again. Every time 
they would put me in the radiation machine. That's what I kept thinking about, was just, I have my eggs, I have my eggs frozen. <laughs> that's, that's really what got me through it. Letty's fertility doctors were true to their word. They submitted the cost for her egg freezing cycle to Anthem, her medical insurer, and then worked with her every step of the way to appeal the denial they were all expecting. It's been more than a year since her cancer diagnosis, and Letty is one of just a handful of people to have appealed to the state of California for fertility preservation coverage and won. That means that the University of California, San Francisco, where Letty had her treatment, got reimbursed for her care. It also means that Letty got some checks in the mail to cover anything she put on her credit card for the treatment. That's amazing news for Letty, but Joyce from the Alliance for Fertility Preservation says that this fight is happening on a case-by-case basis in California. And what we really need is universal coverage. So far, five states have passed laws requiring private insurance companies to cover fertility preservation. Those states are Rhode Island, Connecticut, Maryland, Delaware, and Illinois. But keep in mind, those just cover private insurance. So yes, a patient like Leticia would have to be willing to take that risk and and either pull that money together from families or things like that to pay that, that money to go through that process and then hope that the appeal will be successful. As we've had, you know, these appeals come through It's heartening, but it is still scary in talking to patients because we never want to misrepresent the fact that it may not happen, you know, so they have to want this enough that they would be okay with that outcome if if they don't get that coverage. I think over time, of course, I mean, what we want to do is establish this as something that's covered. So when people call and originally reach out to their insurer that they can be told right away you have this coverage, no problem, and start the cycle. That, that's the dream scenario. We recently caught up with Letty a few days before we released this episode. Her cancer's in remission now, and her sister's cells have completely taken over her bone marrow, producing the white blood cells that she needs to fight infections. But a recent follow-up at a fertility clinic confirmed her doctor's early warning. Her chemo treatment resulted in early menopause. Thankfully, she has those eggs safely stored away, and her doctors say that in a year or two, she'll be able to start trying for a family if she wants. And how about that final credit at school? Oh, I definitely want to get it. I mean, I worked so hard. I I want to go back and just finish that one credit so I can get my degree. I mean, that's definitely on my plan. If I can, as soon as possible. You were one final away from graduating. Did you ever tell the school what happened to you? No, I haven't even dealt with any of the school situation at all. Like, I want to go back and tell them because I don't even know where to start. Like, you know, I get letters saying, oh, you withdrew. Uh, you need to contact the school. And I, I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't even know where to start. SF State, if you're listening, she's one final away from graduating. Is there a special cancer dispensation? (laughs) In listening to your story, I'm struck by the fact that your grief over your loss of fertility is just as great, and if not more so, than your grief over the actual cancer diagnosis. Yeah. It's not life-saving, but it is life 
affirming. It's about quality of life. It's about what you want for your future. Yeah. It was really important for me to, like, just knowing that I had, like, preserved my eggs, like, that just, it gave me purpose. And I kept going, you know, I kept going through the treatment. You know, I kept pushing myself, you know, to do those walks every day. I kept thinking, you know, I got to get healthy. I got to, you know, move on. And, you know, and then I can just have that family that I've always dreamed of. And, you know, it, if I didn't get eggs preserved, I, I think I would have had a different mentality. I think I would have just had a hard time just going through the whole procedure, you know, the whole treatment. IVFML Becoming Family is produced and edited by Anna Almendrala, Simon Gans, Nick Offenberg, and Sarah Patterson. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.